Welcome to this episode of the Comeback Girl podcast. This week I'm interviewing Naomi Olalea. She's an independent brand consultant and she's worked for big names like Ogilvy and Quintessentially across London and New York. Last year, Naomi founded her passion project, The Power of Quitting Events. They're coming to Berlin next month. These are panel interviews with career high achievers who make bold moves from big six-figure jobs to whatever brings them closer to fulfilling passion and purpose. I loved meeting Naomi. She's incredibly dynamic and driven, but it's so important to her to tell the raw, authentic story. She showed me that purpose is a journey. The people we look up to who seemingly made very bold moves are themselves still on the journey to finding it. There are no dramatic parachute jumps out of a plane. It's all about shades of grey and evolving for all of us. Naomi's got a silly mistakes diary where she logs all her icky moments. How original, just to ensure she never does them again. It's just a fantastic concept, I thought, to get the things you're ashamed of out into the light. And I was really drawn in by how she described the New York Power of Quitting event. So in an East Coast, Ivy League, high achiever environment, she was in a packed out room and the panel had one of the deepest and most raw conversations of all of her events. You know, people felt relieved finally to be able to talk about quitting being okay. So Naomi's a lady determined to reframe our perception of the word quitting. Enjoy Naomi. to start with a little bit on your quitting backstory, your own personal quitting backstory. Yeah, okay, where do I start? <laughs> so I was working for a company which I thought was the bee's knees and this is it, I made it and this is, I'm going to be here for a while and, you know, continue working through the ladders. But I didn't feel happy and I felt that I was almost doing the wrong thing. It didn't really mm. sit well with me. So I got to the moment and I decided to quit. And um, when people ask me about it, I think there are a lot of them are surprised because they thought they, a lot of people think I had like a plan, a robust plan. But I think that I didn't necessarily have a plan, but I knew it was the right thing to do. And I always say to people that what's meant to be for you will always be for you. It's like one of the things I always stand by. So I quit last February and um, went on and became independent, started up just myself, like being a brand consultant. I've now this year kind of grown and it's more of a brand marketing consultancy and I work for a number of different freelancers and part-time people to really help me execute these briefs um, and take it off the ground as well. And you've got, you're dealing with startups and big premium brands yeah. as well, aren't you? So how do you, did you bring some of those brands with you from your work before or is this literally a clean slate, you've had to build up a new network? I think I had a really good network and as soon as I went independent and told everyone that I was doing that, I started to hear back. But a lot of it was proactive as well, a lot of it was me going after it and me really making sure I was getting and working with the best people and bands as well. But I did have an established network which did help to kind of say, I'm free, I'm available, like what can I do and help you? And word of mouth is so effective as well. So 
that definitely played a part into helping me get these projects as well. And we're going to go on and talk about how you um, how you've expanded this this brand or franchise really quickly <laughs> with Power of Quitting. Yeah. But can you tell us about these amazing events? Because you have a stellar lineup of of women. It's it's women at this stage, yeah. isn't it? And it's London, New York, yes. just at the minute. London, New York, and then Berlin soon. I'm actually it's my first time announcing it, but I'm hosting my first event at Soho House Berlin with four amazing women there. Um, I love Berlin and it's always been like something I've wanted to do so yeah moving you know the aim is to do it internationally so I thought another European city would be good. That's just amazing and when did the idea come to you to get this message out to, to actually share with other people what you had gone through yourself yeah. in such a powerful way? I think it was it was last April so it was actually this time last year and I was reading all these different articles and reading a lot of books and I read this amazing book called Fearless and Free, How Smart Women Pivot. It was by Wendy Sachs. And I was just, I remember being like, this is amazing. I actually then tweeted her afterwards. I was like, this is such an amazing book. It was so timely. And then we emailed each other and we kept in touch. We now follow on each other on Instagram. And she's such a supporter because she was definitely my inspiration for kind of kickstarting it. Alongside that, I was meeting so many amazing women who I looked up to as well. And they'd either been working at companies years and that these amazing careers and this life and you would look at it from the outside perspective thinking they were killing it and they decided that that wasn't for them they're going to quit and start their own thing up so having all these conversations and um, I just thought there's nothing out there and you know I go to a lot of panel events myself not my own and sometimes I'd go and I was like this is great and I just wanted more I just wanted more authenticity and more rawness and the truth because you know it's all well and good saying you know it's great quitting you know you start your own business it's great but there's such a hardship around it, such a reality and you know it can be quite difficult at times but also it can be quite empowering but in order for it to be empowering you need to have these conversations you need to know what you're doing and what other people are doing as well so that's pretty much in a nutshell how it started and I just had this feeling of you know I'm going to do it and I finished the book and I then text my fiance saying, Do you know what? I've got this amazing idea. I'm going to have this talk on quitting. I, you know, I felt so passionate about it and just rambled at him on WhatsApp, worked out how I was going to do it, and then had my first event at Ace Hotel last September. And how many events have you got in the can, as it were, now? Yeah, so I've got, so I've just kicked up this year, it was New York, and then I had one. Um, in London in March, which is amazing. Berlin's in June, and I'll have a couple, two more, rest this year. Um, you know, I will do another one in London. I'm also looking at other cities as well. I really want to um, kind of spread the word around it as well. Well, I'm hoping I get the inside track on the next event this morning because yeah. I the, the last one, as I was telling you, was sold out by the time I yeah, it was, went to book. Yeah, I know they do um, sell out, and you know, to be honest, I'm also always really surprised at how quickly they do um, sell out. I mean, the last one sold out in four hours, which is you know crazy. But um, I think it's just I think people are now. People now know that they're going to get a realness out there, then they're going to learn more. It's going to be more than just motivational, it's also going to be practical and providing you so much, in, so many insights as well. So um, it's all about narratives and storytelling, and that's something which is at the heart of it. It's so important. And I really wanted people to get something which they couldn't get by just Googling, like how to quit my job or how to do this. I really wanted people to only get that from that experience. I am also looking at different ways to kind of make it more accessible, whether that's video content or, you know, doing other things just mm-hmm. so people who don't get tickets can still access that because I really want it to be available to all. 
Fantastic. The women that you have on the panel, are they always kind of that entrepreneur mindset, women who have gone out on their own? Yeah, I think it's a mixture. I think it's, it's women who have gone out on their own or women who have almost just pivoted in their career slightly. Mm. It takes me a while to take, find the panellists and the right panellists and people always think, like, have you got this? But I do a lot of research, I speak to them, a lot of people get word of mouth recommendations and they people recommend this person might be good or this person. But I'll study them and I'll think, are they going to be real? Because it's one thing, okay. you know, talking yep. about this it. It's the story yeah. that you remember. Yeah, but it's like, are they going to be real? Are they going to be honest? Are they going to, is their brand all about sharing and, you know, telling mm. the truth? And so I spend a lot of time looking at these different types of people and profiling them and thinking, you know, will they be the right people to tell this message and story? One thing I always do is I don't just have one industry, so I always split it. So I think it's really important for people to hear from different avenues and different industries as well, because well, that's slightly boring for like a guest coming and if it's everyone from, let's just say, like a music background or fashion sure. background, it's more relatable and it's more human. So all the panellists have kind of gone out their own. They've either become consultants or they started up their own business or, you know, they've launched launch a startup or whatever they're doing or they've just had enough of their career their kind of mm. you know big six figures career and thought you know what I'm going to completely pivot and change and just do something completely different but I think fundamentally all of these women have this like gutsiness and this rawness and you know they're just open to telling their story and you know mm. almost being vulnerable to some extent yeah that was going to be my next question what you what you're starting to see is the qualities that they have in common, they are individual stories about people, and, and yeah. no two people can be the same. But are you starting to see the qualities that they all share yeah. that's, that's allowing them to make this bold change? Yeah, it's fearlessness. It's something that just, just almost like called upon them that they feel like they have to do or they want to change, and there's a slight disruptive attitude as well. Yeah. They've all got this notion of, you know, I'm going to challenge the status quo and challenge yeah. that norm and create a company or a role which works for me and is sustainable and can make money and do really well, but at the same time can also weave in things and qualities which are important to me, whether that's going to yoga at 12 o'clock during the day, you know, so mm -hmm. I think that's the thing which I've really noticed. And for a lot of women as well, they've never been asked to speak on about quitting that's it so a lot no. of people it's just almost like a bit of an outlet as well to be like okay this is something which I've kind of kept in or written about or talked about to friends but I want to tell this story as well and is there any sense in when they're talking about quitting that they've they've met with people yeah. who have said why would you do that yeah, particularly in the last panel, actually, a lot of people have been like, why do you do that? Or you've been doing this, you're slightly crazy, or mm. you've leaped into something and you haven't prepared yourself. Yeah. And that's part of it as well, you know, and that's something you have to do. And a lot of these women do have that resilience. They do kind of face adversity and, and problems as well, but they push for it. The women that you're talking to are talking about purpose, aren't they? Mm -hmm. and, and, and fulfillment. So are you starting to formulate in your mind what you think are the secrets to building a career with purpose? It's a big old question. Yeah, it's toughy. Yeah, I am. Um, I think purpose is a weird one. You know, sometimes in the panel and I ask people questions about their purpose and not all of them think they're on that road, have yeah. achieved that. And I was having a discussion over dinner and I think it was on the topic was on purpose. Mm -hmm. And we were almost saying, do you ever achieve that yep. kind of purpose? So I think for a lot of panelists, it's not necessarily that they have found their purpose completely, mm -hmm. but they're on the way of discovering that, and that's a difference because, you know, I think it's very clear when you're not doing something you are called to do or you love or you're excited about, whereas they are on the road to doing that. 
doing your own thing is hard and I don't think purpose has to be this grand thing which is like my purpose is to change the world or something it could just be at such a small scale my purpose is to create amazing brand marketing campaigns to really support companies of a social purpose or who are trying to redefine something in society for instance my purpose is to really share the message about helping other women and men find their purpose in life people are questioning what is success what is fulfillment is fulfillment having this career or is fulfillment having a combination of all of it because you can achieve that it's a very outdated view that you can't have it all because you can yeah i really like what you say about this is not about necessarily jumping out of a plane with a parachute from you know pivoting really dramatically from one thing to another there are shades of gray yeah and I think that's such a powerful message because we as women, high achieving women in particular, are thinking, you know, we're almost conditioned to just deliver and deliver at 100% optimally all the time. But this is a, this is a, a more, it's a deeper issue, isn't it? it? And it's not something you can arrive at overnight. It answers to what's my purpose. It's a long term thing. It takes a while. And you've got to invest in yourself. You've got to really invest in yourself to actually understand. A lot of people and they just do not care about personal development. A lot of people are fine. Like they just that's you know, and I think that's great, you know. But for a lot of people, they want more. But in order to do that, you've got to commit to yourself. You've got to have that time to invest in your personal development. Whether that's a coach, I've got an amazing um, life coach. She's called Tash Vickers, and she's well, Tash Ulla now. She got married last year, but she's an amazing coach, and she works particularly with creative professionals, and she's really helped me on that journey. It's not, it's, it's not going to be solved after my sessions with her, but at least I'm on that journey to finding that, and I'm equipping myself, and I'm giving myself time to learn and, and develop myself. And in order to really achieve that, you've got to invest in yourself. There's no way you're just going to discover your purpose by, you know, reading a book about purpose. You have to invest in yourself. Yeah. And you also talked about um, a book that I also love, Grit. Can you say a little bit about what, what that's meant to you? Yeah, Grit's a really interesting book. I think for me it was important because it broke down what it is to be grittier in a really practical way and some people either have it or you don't that's what I kind of came to the conclusion about it was a good book it's really practical and I think people need to learn how to become grittier and hold out for the long term as well absolutely so what do you now see is that what's your definition of grit but I always feel like when you have your own thing or you're trying to shape things you almost go into like a punching like a boxing ring and you're kind of punching and fighting through and even though you're tired and exhausted, sometimes I can feel so exhausted, but I just think I've got to get through this because the long term, the vision I have is so much greater than this current moment, which might just seem like a small hurdle and like, you know, keep tenacious, you know, and rise in the front of adversity as well. I agree with you and I think when I, when I look at grit, it's the thing, and I don't always have it, and particularly if I'm tired, it just it seems to fly out the window, but um, if I am being my grittiest, most resilient self, I'm telling myself this is hard now, yeah. but I've had other hard things, and I love the feeling when I get out the other side, Yeah, and that's the bit that gets gets me through. Completely, and also knowing there's no such thing as failure, only learning, and it's so important because like you're just you're constantly learning, like every failure hiccup you just know I've got a, um, a diary where I write in mistakes which I've done even it could be like silly things which I've like 
sent something I sent me to somebody you know just yeah. silly things yeah. and I look back and I've just not done it again because I've learned and that feeling mm-hmm. that icky feeling of oh no I've done a mistake was actually so good because it's making me better and I'm learning and I'm going through mistakes and it's you know people always say fail fast and fail often it's the quickest way to learning yeah and you're just never going to do it again bit of a curveball question for you if you weren't doing this what profession do you think you could follow <laughs> I think if I wasn't kind of if I wasn't doing this, I would definitely just either stay in agency side, yeah, or band side, or the working in house at a company. Probably would just stay there and just continue on that ladder and that trajectory. You know, I still kind of working with agencies in different capacities, whether I'm consulting for them. But I would have just stayed with the state agency. But I think deep down, I would have always known I wasn't doing, utilizing what I'm meant to do. If that makes sense. Yeah. Thinking about the women that I want to talk to with this podcast. Women who are wanting to come back to work after a period of they've been on an extended break for whatever reason. So it could be illness, it could be they've had a bereavement in the family, they could have just made a life choice to get out of what they were doing or they could have been out to be a mom. And they're going through this process that you're describing or they're a little bit behind these women who have done an amazing, slick, smart pivot. Have you got any advice that might help them from what you've seen of the panel? Yeah, I think one thing is understand your why. So why do you want to why do you want to get back to work or why have you taken this time out and you know and don't be ashamed of it if you've had to take time out to have to raise your children it's just you know that's amazing and also thank god the world's changing slightly and people well companies some companies are slower than others but they are starting to understand to understand your why so you know your why could be like i really wanted to raise my children i wanted to have a break i wanted to be for them at a younger age and I wanted to return to work when they could go to school. That's not a bad thing. It's important to note that if you're not finding companies that support that, you wouldn't want to work there anyway, you know? So I think that's one thing. But understand your why, understand your why, why you're looking for a job, why you want to return to a career, why you took that break, because that will be your reason you hold on to. You'll always know that I'm, you know, called to go back to work because I really love this professional, I love this. Understanding, you know, what took you to that position of having a break as well and why you want to return. And then I think also just tips as well would just be general tips, like invest in yourself. Like, you know, once you're having that tier of you're not hearing back from jobs or, you know, what you could do instead is go and join a group which is like about this. Go and meet other women or connect to people. And also if you're seeing someone who you admire who's done that, let's say, taking a break out for children, email them. Most people will be willing to just like you know, whether they can't me for coffee or tea, they can have a phone call or they'll reply back to you an email as well. So don't feel like it's necessarily such an isolated thing because I can imagine it does feel like that. But a lot of people around the world are going through it as well. So don't feel so alone. It must be quite a scary feeling thinking, you know, I've been out of my career for so long, but you've also been in career for a long time and you've got so much expertise. Like you've got so much knowledge and a wealth of knowledge, which is, you know, it's not like you haven't continued learning for about five years of time. So embrace that as well. You know, embrace all the new skills you're learning and go for it really. Because you are such a strong networker, what are the secrets? Um, I always say network for purpose. So people, I think people have this illusion I network the whole time, but I'm very fussy about what stuff I go to because 
Yes. You know, you've got to have what's don't what's waste a, your energy. why why you go, yeah don't waste your energy in things that just just not going to benefit. You go to networking events where you're going to learn, you're going to meet around people who you're going to bring you up, or you can support them more. It might be a good opportunity for you to meet new clients. I went to an amazing dinner, and I rarely I I'm not like a massive evening person at all, but I went to an amazing dinner. Um, it was a networking dinner and it was all about go big or go home like what's your vision and I thought you know this is perfect because I'm going to be at an intimate dinner with uh, 12 women from different industries and we're going to be talking about our vision and our challenges in an open forum that was that's important for me and that was an amazing time for me to network so it's thinking at what am I going to get out of it network with purpose what what are you trying to achieve and how can networking benefit that as well? Mm. And what are your um, your tech tips on networking? I know you've spoken quite a bit about Instagram and that being a really good way of just messaging people when you... Would you do that cold if you had, if you didn't necessarily know somebody but you'd seen them talk in an event? Would yeah. you approach them that way? Yeah, absolutely. I'd probably just email them or message them on social media saying, I've got, I really want to speak to you, I heard you speak. I mean, most people are definitely willing to do so as well well you know it's because of digital it's made it's taken down a lot of barriers it's not as hard to speak to somebody or get in touch with somebody you really admire and you know some people might be busy or they might not reply but you know at least you sent that message and there's also going to be some people who would say yes but I would say yeah just email people or you know message them on Instagram tweet them whatever but a lot of people would be really flattered and honoured that you've messaged as well yeah. um that's yeah. been effective for me as well. A lot of people I my I just, you know, even if it's something, you know, like I really liked um, one of my panellists' articles um, that she wrote and I just messaged her saying that was a fantastic article. It was really inspiring and she was like, thank you. So you can, you can do those small things as well. So Absolutely. One of the other things that I've heard you say is when you're building up a, a personal brand or, or a, a company, a startup's building up a brand, to think beyond what you want to sell and what's yeah. on offer to what your wider contribution is and and so presumably when you're contacting these people they are they have their wider contribution in mind yes it's, it's not just what they can get from you yeah it's, you've also got to go to the right people you know mm. some people are just going to be like no i'm not interested all that that's not them but if you know they've got a track record supporting or you know their longer term yeah. view objectives align with yours or they've said in interviews genuinely they love supporting people they love networking and of course it's the person person to go to but you've got to you know I think this is like nailed in from being like working in PR, but when you would pitch to journalists, pitch stuff that people really care about and it matters to them, you know, yeah. or else, you know, what's the, what's the point of it? You can just buy their book, you know? So yeah. I think, you know, and then they'll, they'll probably recommend you do that. So I think it's pe- finding people who are, you know, willing to speak to you, invest in that time as well. And, you know, their, their vision or their long-term cause aligns with what you're interested in building as well. I love it. And can you tell us a little bit about the behind-the-scenes arranging of getting an event going in Berlin? The Power Quitting is a very it's a passion project for me, so it's not part of my business. It's a passion project which I started last year, and you know it's almost like I'm doing my work and then I'm doing this mm-hmm. as well, which is also my baby as well. So I spend a lot of time, especially for new market in the city, is reviewing all the amazing women and leaders and speakers and going through articles and. Kind of doing putting, research, and doing my research, really yeah, really and trying to work out, you know, do they talk about this stuff? Are they the right fit? What's their background? How do they, you know, how do they get to the city? What's, you know, why do they decide to quit? Also, what's 
you know, what's the perception of quitting like in Berlin? Like, is this a topic yeah. which people have spoken about? Will people be interested in? And Berlin's obviously got a really high rate of freelancers as well. So I was mm -hmm. like, okay, that's a good city as well. So then I start speaking to speakers and telling them about what I'm trying to do. And it's really interesting. I always feel you can tell like in the gut instinct of people who just get it and they're just like, this is this is really interesting. Or a lot of people I get is just, I've been dying to speak about this topic. Like quitting was such a big thing wow. for me. There's different levels of it as well. And um, a lot of people like quitting what, you know, also it's just, yeah. you have to, some people either get it or they don't. And, um, but the behind the scenes is like that kind of conversation, explaining what I'm trying to do, explaining why I think they align with this, this platform as well and then all the creation and also the kind of boring event sides so of the logistics and marketing all of it as well which I do enjoy but it takes a while for me to I'd say the hardest part is making sure I've got the right speakers and people you know I want people to get value out of the conversation. The one in New York it was so popular that people were sitting cross-legged on the floor. Yeah, that was really big. Which yeah. is probably quite unprecedented. How could you describe the energy in the room on that yeah. night? Oh, New York was amazing. It was just such a... The atmosphere was amazing. The panellists were so real and so raw. You know, a lot of people hadn't heard a discussion on quitting or were just curious as well. Or New York had a lot of high achievers. So there were a lot of people who had had, like, Ivy League education, MBA, and gone to these companies and just weren't happy. And yeah. so they just, they were fascinated by the fact that they had never thought that quitting could be a positive thing. Yes. Because, you know, it's not yes. ingrained in you. And even for me, it's very much like, it's still sometimes, you know, I've done this and this and this and this. And, and probably culturally, thinking about East Coast America and that, you know, just to admit that you, to even use the word quitting might be perceived as a failure or, yeah. or I, I wasn't kind of, it wasn't working. Yeah. So I wasn't working out. Where it's a different thing, it's a choice, isn't it? Yeah. It's a decision. And, and it's so amazing seeing people like actually talk about quitting in like such a positive mm. language and like you know, seeing their social and the when people always like Instagram and tweet and seeing the word quitting used in such a positive way. So that had an amazing energy. Yeah, it was really like it's it's really cool to do something over in New York as well. Oh, I really hope. Do you know I have never been to New York. Oh, it's amazing. I keep saving it up and saving it up and saving it up. And um, one of the things that um, I'm I'm putting on my goals list is I've just got to get. Yeah, there it's this got year. such an amazing energy, and you should try and meet some people like you're into yeah. restaurant out there as well. Absolutely, run a few podcasts. What do you think are the traps that we fall into? That stop us from pivoting into something that we're really going to love and flow in and it's really going to be helping us contribute the way that we want to um definitely lack of confidence yeah and lack of you know fear of failure those are the, definitely the two main ones it's lack of confidence and fear of failure and also it's just it's not knowing yourself if you know yourself and you know that you know, I've got it in me and I know that I'm a courageous, tenacious person. You might not know the level to which you have to be at the beginning, but when you know yourself, you're like, you know what, it's going to be hard, but I can do this. So I think it's... Um, I think, where the grit comes yeah, in. Yeah, and that's definitely where the grit comes in. But I think it's also, it is a lot of it is fear of failure. And you put yourself out there when you're starting your own thing, you're almost like, hey, this is me. I don't have my big name or company behind me anymore. This is just, it's just me. It's quite a raw, vulnerable thing as well. Even with me, I took ages to post like I had my website because I was like, oh, if it doesn't go well, then everyone's seen it. Or your you could, friends. Yeah, but you could get trapped yes. in just that thought and then yes, never move. And so it's almost just saying, okay, acknowledge that thought. You've had that, but let's just do it, you know. And it's kind of what I said to you at the beginning. Like, 
no one really cares. So like if it doesn't if it doesn't if it doesn't really yeah, it's honestly the best thing my friends have said. If it doesn't work out, they'll just be like, okay, cool, because everyone's got their own lives and no one and I think that's helped me so much because if business doesn't work, they'll just be like, Oh cool, it's great, you tried it and how's your new role going? No one's going to think about all that messy stuff unless they're really interested in your personal life, which is quite bizarre. But no one really does you know, no one really, really does. No care. one yeah, cares. Yeah. That's just a great tweet right there. Just it's <laughs> so true. We think that everybody's gonna be judged, we're not lose our friends if we do this all got their own yeah. stuff that they're getting on. You with. know, yeah, everyone's doing so much stuff and no one cares. I look at when shops close down for instance. Mm. I'm not telling everyone about it I just kind of just look at it and move on yeah good on them taking risk and that's it yeah definitely thinking about your day job what's your favourite brand that you've worked with and why Uh, I'm so biased I've just done an event for them but Bumble's definitely one of my favourite yeah it's um Amazing brand, female focused, challenging the norm, redefining what it means to be female and you know, take the first chance in like dating or business or um, friendship as well, which is just absolutely powerful and it's you know, it's helping gender equality, like them actually contributing to like building something which is absolutely amazing. Yeah, I love Bumble too. And then what about a, a personal brand, somebody who may not be somebody that you work with, but who you see has built a really strong personal image that you can connect with and it's really clear what they're all about. Yeah, I would say that Sheryl Sandberg, she's built oh. such a great brand. You know, I earned Huffington as well, mm-hmm. but Sheryl, you know what you stand with. Like, she's just, she's all her, like, marketing and her brand is all about what she's trying to do, lean in. She's very honest, all her podcasts are very honest and truthful. And then there's also Bozama St. John. She's the Uber's chief brand officer. And she's just absolutely amazing. She's such a powerhouse. You know, she's chief brand officer of Uber, which, you know, brands have got a slightly weird reputation, you know. And she just wears colourful clothes, outlandish makeup, and she's just like, this is me. You take it or leave it. And her personal brand is just absolutely amazing. So Ariana Huffington, Shell Sandberg and Bozama St. John. Three amazing, yeah. powerful women. Yeah, I'm, and I'm sure you're going to be up there yourself. <laughs> Hopefully. So you consider how much you've achieved so early. It's, it's, I mean, I'm really sitting in front of you and so inspired oh, by thank what you, you crunch through in a day, a week and a month. And one of my favourite quotes is that we um, completely overestimate what we can do in a week and underestimate what we can do in a year yeah and if we look back on your last year and what you've done you're running international events stellar lineup forcing such an important conversation on top of your day job (laughs) it's amazing thank you and then um i know that you are getting married yes from your social media that you're getting married so the question i had for you was you've got your personal brand your own image that you want to imprint on the wedding and presumably your fiance does yeah too who's winning in your yeah it's actually really interesting we're very both aligned we're really aligned and everything which is great I think Richard would prefer, you know, we're both not fussy people as well. We're having like a very small, well, it was going to be smaller. <laughs> we're having 70, 70 to maximum 80 people. And um, so it's a really nice number. And we both agreed that we really wanted people who matter and are important to both our lives. So that was one criteria, which is easy. 
and we wanted something really tasteful and chilled with both chilled out people mm. him more so like he would honestly get mad and they'll just be like our parents he, he'd be happy doing that and we're having a few little things but it'll be a very chilled nice environment and just yeah i think we're both really aligned on a lot of things we're very we're very similar but very different in some aspects but for the wedding both our brands are both having an impact so for instance he loves outdoors and fitness yeah. and that kind of stuff so we make friend the marathon on the weekend so we're making a weekend out of him doing some sports and going for runs and his friends can do that and, and i'm having my say by having like i love the saxophone so i want a saxophone player at the wedding so we've got different ways of combining it you know i almost sometimes we have our own like personal brand as a couple as well i've got one final question for you which i'm springing on you about um fitness and keeping up with energy levels yeah. how do you um because it's clearly really important in everything that you're, yeah. you're output how do you manage your energy levels so going to gym exercising mm. every day which is really really important for me it's really good to have that kind of time to yourself and mm-hmm. also just like work out and like, it sounds so silly and cheesy but endorphins do make you feel great sure. I will say rarely rarely drink really mm. so that's something as well which I definitely think has helped because you can feel you know that hungover feeling and slightly lethargic not feeling great and you then know you have a client on yeah, your at you just, in the morning yeah and I just I just really can't afford to have that yeah. we both actually adopted a plant-based diet which I think has helped my energy levels so much which is you know we've just found out what works us and what works for me and what works to keep me the best and like we said earlier, I go to bed by 10 o'clock 11 is late for I'm me you, yeah I'm yeah because I just know that I need those hours yeah. sleep to function and feel you know optimum and prime but I actually don't really have slumps anymore particularly after I gave up caffeine as well which is something I gave up so I don't really have any slumps of like you know at 3 p.m. when you're just thinking I just have a constant base of energy throughout the whole day. And you mentioned about a life coach earlier. What about mindset? Have you got any tips on how you keep my mind keep your mental game? Yeah, keep my mental game. So. I meditate, which is really important. Mm-hmm. I think that's really good. You know, when you, before I started meditating, when I had my first starter, I had all these thoughts. I was like, this is insane. Why am I even Head thinking about I call it. Yeah, yeah, I just, why is I even thinking about this? And I was like, that I must be so cluttered the whole time. Um, so meditation's been good, but it is a practice. I'm not, I'm not saying I sit there and I'm like, don't have any thoughts. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's a long-term investment. Yeah. I then also, one thing my coach told me is a gratitude journal, which really helps. So you wake up and it's three things, you can have to do it morning or night, three things you're grateful for or you've been happy with. And it's so weird because you're almost forced to like praise yourself. And I think sometimes we don't give ourselves credit. I know I, it's one of my downfalls. It's just, it could even be things I've like had a really nice interview this morning, you know, and you forget, unless you write them down, you forget as well. Also, another thing my coach told me is also your language. Words have such an impact in your mindset so if you said something like I'm not having a great day your brain's automatically like yeah. I'm not having a great day but if you're like I'm having an amazing day reality. yeah it can become a reality so being really careful in my choice of words as well so meditation the gratitude journal choice of words and also people you surround yourself with that's a massive thing on your mindset like what's the quote you're the average of the six people around you yes. so you know I'm really careful about that as well and where I invest my time in and who I invest my time in you know, and I, you know, it took me a while because it's it's really hard when you make that move of thinking I'm not just going to like do things to take things or hang out with groups to say good things. So I'm really careful where my energy goes as well. I think that you are just incredible the way you've managed to integrate so many parts of your life so early on. It's just incredibly inspiring. So thank, thank you. you for sharing everything that you have. And 
everybody's going to want to hunt you down now <laughs> and get to your events. Perhaps not the Berlin one, yeah. but although it'd be a great excuse to get to Berlin. Then, How can we get to a power of quitting event? Yeah. So most of my power of quitting events go through my website. So it's www.naomiolale.com. Um, so you mostly go through that. So you always see that on the events page as well. Instagram is my main driver to my events. So at Naomi Olay. Mm-hmm. Don't mind, I don't post like weird selfies. It's mainly just it's personally just work mainly. So yeah, do follow me on that or just you know keep an eye out for that. And then also Twitter, same handle as well at Naomi and Lay. So I'm consistent on all my channels, so you will find out about my events through one of those. And what cool stuff is going on in the day job at the moment? Yeah, I'm working on some really cool stuff. So I'm curating and producing a dinner series for Bumble um, so that's going really really well I'm also doing some consulting with a great agency as well so a mixture of things which is really exciting just keeping on top of everything as well as well as planning a wedding yeah as well as planning my wedding but it's so bad people keep asking like it's just another event <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that too loudly in, in front of Paul Richard. Naomi, thank you. It's just been great. No, it's been a pleasure. Really I really it. enjoyed it. Thank you so much.